Time now for us to check in with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun because, boy, there's a lot to talk about today. New party on the horizon. Good morning, Vaughn. Good morning, Simi. What do the colors teal and pink say to you? Eight 1980s? (laughs) (laughs) So the Liberals did not announce an awful lot last night when they changed their name to BC United. We knew the new name. Uh, They held off on any policy announcements, uh, party leader Kevin Falcon. So what we got was a new logo and a new color scheme. So I guess that's what we're going to have to talk about. Um, There is some significance in it, but um, there you go. It's going to be colors this morning. (laughs) Okay, fine. There's the pink and the teal, which the only reason I comment on that is it seems very unusual for a political party of any jurisdiction to kind of go with these colors. Yeah, so the Liberals back in the 1990s, when they were establishing themselves as the choice the party of choice for people that didn't vote for the NDP. They went with a color combination that combined the two strains of politics that they wanted to combine. So Tory blue and liberal red. And that's been the colors that political parties in Canada have generally used to communicate to their voters. The Federal Conservative Party still uses blue, and the Federal Liberal Party, Justin Trudeau and all those, it's red, red, red. But I think there's a problem arisen with colors, and and I'd be interested in hearing sort of a, a political analysis of this from pollsters. But we're swamped with the news from the United States, and red and blue communicate exactly the opposite in the United States. Donald Trump's red ties. Red states are the right-wing conservative states. Red judges are the ones who overturn women's access to abortion. And blue states, like our friendly neighbors uh, to the immediate South, Washington and Oregon and California, they're Democrats. So I actually think that one of the reasons that we might as well get rid of this red and blue color scheme in Canada is because we're so swamped with the American color scheme uh, that we probably should move beyond it. In any event, the B.C. Liberals, as they dropped their name, they spent what Kevin Falcon says is a six-figure amount, so however much that is, for a rebranding. They got a new color scheme, and they also got this new logo, So the BC is small and the United is huge. We're united. (laughs) And there's a swoosh on that thing. I I can't resist this, but there's a swoosh on it, right, of the two colors. And Kevin Falcon says that's supposed to communicate a bridge. Um, I expect the New Democrats will say not a toll bridge, I hope. Because, of course, Falcon's the guy who put the tolls on the Portman Bridge, and that is something the New Democrats have been known to mention from time to time. So, anyway, we've got a new logo, we've got the colors, and that's what we're going to have to talk about today, I think. I think so, too, because there's a lot of questions about, and I, you know, to me, I look at this and I go, yeah, okay, if you're a political junkie, if you're like us, you're paying close attention to this, but is this not going to be a big sell job now to the public? Sure. I mean, the busy voting public, the people who do vote, and you know, British Columbia gets pretty good voter turnout, 70%, and I think in the last provincial election. We dropped down for a while, but we kind of climbed back up. But voters tend to turn to the election when the election gets underway. And you go, well, you know, the vote is in, in four weeks, and I'm going to do my civic duty, and I'm going to vote. Um, they are 
some voters we know go into the voting booth they look for something familiar if this is why incumbent MLAs have an advantage, incumbent cabinet ministers have an advantage, their names are in the news all the time. And it, voters, uh, political parties say, can make a difference of 5%, which can be the winning margin. They also look for familiar party names. We've allowed political parties to put their names on the ballot for years. So one of the things I think the liberals are going to be concerned about is that the liberal name is disappearing, although many, many British Columbians vote for the federal Liberal Party and associate it with policies they approve of. It's not going to be there, but they are going to run down the ballot and they're going to go, hey, the B.C. Conservatives have a candidate here. Um, you know, maybe they're people that vote for the Conservatives federally and they go, oh, well, that's a fit. John Rustad, the conservative leader, already the conservative leader, is kicked out of the Liberals last year by Kevin Falcon. So he says he's going to try to run a full slate. He also, Simi, I thought, had the best shot yesterday. He said, if you have to put United in your name, you're probably not United. <laughs> sort, of like, sort of like those retailers that put honest on the sign. Right? <laughs> you have to tell people that you're probably not. I, I mean, I, Restev's a pretty clever guy. I have to say the liberals are underestimating him as a threat. And BC United, uh, even pretending that he doesn't exist, are underestimating him as a threat as well. Well, as you point out, though, the United was the big part of the name. Right? Yeah, yeah, United is the big bit, right? It is. Okay, so what about policy announcements? Well, nothing uh, yet, said uh, Kevin Falcon last night. He, uh, one of the older rules in B.C. politics, uh, Glenn Clark, of all people, said, uh, I learned long ago, he said this when he was premier, I learned long ago what the media wants, and they want to be fed stories, but not too much at the same time, right? You're going to give them the logo, you're going to give them the party name, you're going to refer back to some of the things you've done in the past, but you're not going to roll out a whole bunch of policy announcements uh, last night. Although, as you know, the New Democrats spent the day rolling out policy announcements. So, no, the policies are coming. Falcon indicated they'll be rolled out over the months ahead. And I think that's another sign, Simi, that Kevin Falcon has accepted that Premier David Eby probably means it when he says he's not going to have an early election. Partly because E.B. said it so many times that, I think Kevin Falcon is right, the first attack ad of the campaign would be, look at all the times David E.B. said he wasn't going to call an early election, and now he's called one. So it would be very hard at this point for E.B. to change on that. Although, you know, a crisis, a political thing that we might not anticipate might provide him an opening to say, I need a new mandate. Okay, so that's coming. But it does sound like, though, when you were talking about John Rustad, that they're, that's a bit of a formidable opponent that they're going to be running up against. Yeah, I think it is. Now, you know, Rustad probably, would probably win his own writing under, under a... Uh, in a general election, he's going to run as a conservative there, but it's also one of the smallest ridings in terms of population in British Columbia. And Falcon can't afford to reach out to that riding and those voters 
uh, to try to bring them back because he's got much bigger challenges. And we saw that last night in where he chose the launch. He held it in Surrey. Diane Watts, the former mayor of Surrey, was there. Falcon started off by saying, I used to represent Surrey in the legislature, Surrey-Cloverdale, for 12 years. This is where I met my wife. This is where the hospitals in Syria, where my children was born. So if he's going to rebuild the B.C. Liberals as B.C. United in Metro Vancouver, he's got to win back places like Surrey. Back when Falcon was in the cabinet, the Liberals held most of the seats in Surrey. The balance in Surrey now is nine new, sorry, seven new Democrats to two B.C. Liberals and under electoral distribution, they're adding another seat in Surrey. So that's why he was in Surrey. If he can't win back Surrey, probably doesn't matter how well the conservatives do up north and, uh, and in conservative country and other parts of the province. Uh, Falcon has got to force and focus on what it will take to win back the ridings in Metro Vancouver that the Liberals lost in 2017 and 2020, and Surrey has got to be the focus of that strategy. And so did you see signs of that last night? Because there's still not a whole lot on their website. If you if you were hearing all this in the news this morning, Vaughn, and you <clears> went <throat> online to try to find information about this out of curiosity, there's not a lot there. Well, yeah. I mean, I would say that what you're going to hear in this, he did, he did push these buttons in the speech. Uh, public safety, for starters, that's a huge issue in and around Metro Vancouver. Vancouver. Affordable housing, um, again, another huge issue in and around Metro Vancouver. He talked about uh, provincial debt and NDP spending, but frankly, I don't think that's front of mind issue for uh, British Columbians right now. Uh, Access to health care. And on that, you know, the issue that he can keep pushing is that the New Democrats have made an enormous number of announcements on that issue, but the situation with waiting lists, housing affordability, public safety, random violent attacks is not getting better. And, you know, it, it's, it's something that an opposition party can make an issue of. The Liberals, when they were in power, Simi used to talk about all the things they were doing for affordable housing. The New Democrats in the election, especially in 2017, said they haven't done enough. Everybody knows it. So that's the kind of thing you're going to see the opposition pushing. They're going to be pushing the government's record, which is increasingly disappointing on key issues. Even though yesterday they tried really hard for some distraction, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Uh, the big event for the premier was he went to Nanaimo, a very troubled community where it uh, needed reassurance. But what did he do in Nanaimo? He reannounced something. Uh, the government is going to establish regional teams of prosecutors to go after and deal with the problem of chronic offenders. This, uh, the the New Democrats announced that on March 31st and said where they were going to put the teams. They promised it last fall. So it was essentially a reannouncement. And, you know, I, <laughs> in our business, you look at the story you're, you're carrying right now on your news about this awful yeah. attack that occurred on the bus in Surrey. And the, you, the government can only offer so many reassurances that it's working on the case. People are going to, it doesn't take very many awful stories like that one in Surrey to get people going, you know, it's not getting better. It's not getting better. And that is 
the issue that I think will shape the next election more than the colors of the parties, more than logos, and more even than the party name. It's going to be an issue of has the government done enough to address these problems and fix them, or do we need a new government to address these problems and fix them? All right. Vaughn, thank you. Bye-bye, Simi.